Hello? How y'all doing today? Amen. Thank you for coming out even on this rainy day. Here y'all are in the house of the Lord. And this is awesome. And we're just asking the Lord to send the ladder rain. Go ahead and rain down the Holy Spirit on this place. Uh, I um, love this passage, and I love this scripture, and I love what we're even talking about, uh, this whole idea from Matthew 3. And so I, I'm going to get a little excited along the way, but it won't be at the beginning, okay? I'm going to stay real I'm going I'm to do like Tina Turner. I'm going to bring it in easy, and then we're going to end up rough, okay? <laughs> All right. But I'm glad to be here, and I'm blessed by your presence. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Most holy, all-wise, everlasting God, we come before you as humble as we know how, bowing before you as the Lord of our lives, the captain of our souls. We thank you for waking us this morning with a portion of life, health, and strength. We thank you for a mind and a heart to serve you. Forgive us of our sins and help us to do better in the future. Make us more and more like you each day. Make us perfect in love right here on earth so we may make the world a better place. Now offer us a word of love, Lord a word of encouragement for your people. Speak through me today that your people may be blessed and edified. These and all things we ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Now, Matthew 3 introduces us to John the baptizer. Now, we heard of John because he was in Elizabeth's womb. So we talked about him, and he was the fir well, first witness, or a witness for Jesus. Even in the womb, he jumped when he, Mary came over. So we're going to hear about the rest of his ministry. And this ministry takes place at the Jordan River. Now, most of his life, John lived in the desert, and he spent most of his life alone, just praying, trusting God, believing God. And uh, he came in the spirit of Elias, Elias and wore clothes resembling those of the ancient prophets. Now, he wore clothes roughly woven from camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. Now, this was probably from goat or from sheep, and this is how he came to minister to the people. Now, all my life, when I've heard this story of John the baptizer, I've heard he was a wild man. And so, you know, I said, well, I, you know, I'm going to go find out about the wild man. So I started reading about John, and I realized he wasn't a wild man. Now, he was quite eccentric and different, but he was a simple man. He dressed simply. He didn't uh, fall prey to all of the lavishness and materialistic lifestyles and the corruption of his time. He actually wore clothes that kind of protested that type of lifestyle. He also ate a simple diet. Now, I will say it was full of protein, but it's not one that I want for myself. 
Now you all may want to adopt some locusts and wild honey because it kept John fit and ready for ministry. But that's what he ate, simply. His main purpose was to prepare the hearts of the people to encounter the Messiah. His message was simple. Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. He is the one we have been waiting for. So repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. John was declaring the reign of God everywhere he went. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. John's message and ministry is further the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. See, John was telling the people to change their ways, change their hearts, turn away from those things which would keep them from accepting the message of Jesus. And this message of the kingdom, Jesus was coming to share. See, I really love the imagery that I found as I was studying this scripture. See, back in the day, when the king was traveling and coming into an area, there were people who went in front, servants, who went in front out before the king and cleared the path of any brush or any debris or fallen rocks or anything that would prevent the king from coming. Now, I love this imagery because this is John the Baptist. He is the servant clearing the way, clearing the way, telling people to repent and prepare for the coming Lord. See, he was clearing the way for people to repent, to rid their hearts of anything that would keep them from accepting the message of Jesus. John was preparing and anticipating Jesus' message about the kingdom and the reign of God. John and Jesus' ministry both call for repentance. They call for a total lifestyle change. Now, a lot of people talk about doing a 360, but a 360 is going to land you in the same place. So don't do that. Let's do a 180 or something else. We don't want to go the same negative way. We want to turn from that way. Repent. Turn from that way. And go the way of the Lord. Now, as stated in the Wesleyan Bible, Wesley helpfully recognizes that the kingdom is not barely a future happy state, something that's going to happen later on. Uh, we're going, you know, when we get to heaven, but a state to be enjoyed right here on earth. Kingdom people should be able to enjoy kingdom living right here. In fact, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God refers to a, a new world order a new way of doing business, a new political system, a new uh, social system, a new economic system. I mean, a whole change. 
by God's justice and God's righteousness, we will find a whole new way of doing business. God is right now bringing this about. But us, God's people, we are called to pray for it, to seek it, and embody its values right now. You know that little ditty that you pray? Our Father who art in heaven. We're praying for this kingdom, God's kingdom, to come here on earth. John himself was a fulfillment of the scripture. He was the Elijah who was to come, preparing the way for Jesus. John's ministry had wide appeal. People came from all around to be baptized. They would come to John, confess their sins, because he would tell them, repent. They would confess their sins, and then he, they would be baptized. Now, even the Pharisees and the Sadducees found a way to get to John. Now, Based on the scripture, they weren't greeted very warmly by him. They were actually uh, insulted. He didn't go with open arms. John the baptizer calls them snakes. He says, you brood of vipers. You. Here he, they stand before them, always living this lavish lifestyle, mistreating people, doing their own thing, living a corrupt life. And now all of a sudden, they show up to be baptized. So John wanted them to understand baptism was for those who truly repented of their sins and were ready to make a lasting change. He wanted to make sure they understood that the commitment that they were making. It wasn't just something they could do for show and to look cute and so people can see you, so you can say, well, you know, I got baptized by that John the Baptist. See, that's how we do things. But John says, no, no. When, I, when you come here, you repent, you change your ways and you go to something different. See, John didn't want them to stand before the people for show, he didn't want them to boast about their lineage and their pedigree and who they were. They are always talking about, you know, we're the children of Abraham. That was one of their big things. They talked about their lineage. But the truth is, Jesus had all the bragging rights too. And to tell you the truth, we got bragging rights because we all linked to Abraham through Jesus Christ. You see, the Pharisees loved to brag about how they followed the law and kept the commandments. That was a big thing with them. We've done everything we're supposed to do. We did the checklist. We got it taken care of. But that wasn't what it was all about. And then you had the Sadducees, and we don't know a whole lot about them, but the few things that we do know is that they were from the ruling class. So maybe just a little bit. And they were dignitaries who didn't even believe in the afterlife. They were all about the here and now. Let me get what I can get because this is all there is right here. 
But these two Jewish groups were prominent and popular. And you know, like in our day, they had it going on. They were the Kardashians of that day, I guess. You know. They were so wrapped up in themselves, though, that they totally missed or ignored the birth of the Messiah. They have ignored Jesus. So uh, they didn't have it all going on. Yet here they are now. They are ready to confess their sins and be baptized. And John said, yeah, you're trying to avoid the wrath that is to come, so you brutal vipers run up in here now trying to get baptized. You done done all your mess. So John just let him know. This is not a get-out-of-jail-free card. You must turn from your wicked ways. Let go of those old ways of life and be accepting to the way of righteousness and the way of justice. Because the one who is coming after me is baptizing with the Holy Spirit and fire. He is coming with a baptism of judgment, separating the wheat from the chaff. Those who are sincere will be filled with an unquenchable fire. Woo! I get excited just to think about it. But those who are insincere will be like the chaff, which the wind driveth away. They will be swept into the fire and be consumed by it. Now, Wesley he did a beautiful connection that this fire, this fire that's unquenchable is a fire with love, inflaming in our hearts the fire of love which many waters cannot quench. Woo-hoo! That's an exciting time to think about it, when people would love each other so deeply that there is a fire that cannot even be quenched. Here were the people coming from everywhere to be baptized by John, and then he sees his cousin Jesus. Now, Jesus walked up to be baptized. Jesus had come from Galilee to the River Jordan to be baptized by John. Now, John is aware of the identity of Jesus. John knows that Jesus is the Son of God. And John also knows that Jesus is baptizing with the Holy Spirit. And so he knows he needs to show honor. And so he gave honor where honor was due. His first reaction was, oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I can't baptize you. I need you to baptize me. I need what you got, not the other way around. Now, Jesus convinces John, hey, hey, we must do this to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, for the sake of justice, this must be done. And then, after some prodding and probing, John consents. Here is Jesus, day one, day one, standing with sinners. Standing with folks who are lost. Standing with John. And I say this, now you might not read it in a commentary, but this is how the Spirit gave it to me, that Jesus confirms John's ministry 
by being baptized in the Jordan by John. He gave John some creds, because, you know, people probably thought John was a little crazy. But here was Jesus legitimizing the work and the ministry of John. Right there with all the others who were seeking to repent, Jesus does the same. I love the imagery, standing right with us, Emmanuel, oh hallelujah. Now this turns out to be no ordinary baptism. Now, <laughs> the thing is it turns out to be an extraordinary experience because God makes a divine appearance. Oh, hallelujah. Just as Jesus was coming up from being immersed in the water, suddenly the heavens opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. Woo-hoo! What a time, what a time, what a time. Now, I don't know, I've, as I read this, it doesn't seem like anyone else saw what was happening. That the opening of the heavens and the descending of the doves was just for Jesus' eyes only. And so, Jesus was the only one, I think, because it says it's open to him. Very specific. Who saw that great miracle and show. But the next part seems to be directed to a wider audience. A voice from heaven said, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Now, sounds like everybody was able to hear that. Here was, you know, I can just hear it. James Earl Jones saying those lines. Can't you hear it in your man? That deep voice and that bass voice, so slow and intentional. Woo! Give me chill bumps. Wow. What a coming out party Jesus was having. God, the holy parent, gives Jesus an encouraging stamp of approval. This is my boy. This is my son. And I'm pleased with him. God put his mark on Jesus and commissioned him for the work and the ministry he was called to do here on earth. See, Jesus embodied the very act he would later command for those of us who are willing to take up our cross and follow him. See, last week we had that beautiful ceremony with the water crosses where we remembered our baptism. And now here we are this week in this scripture speaking to me and talking to me. Wow. It made me think about my own baptism. Now, I was 13 years old because in the Baptist tradition, that is the age of consent for accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So here I was, I confessed my sins, I made Jesus my choice. I was so excited to get baptized. It seemed like I had been waiting so long. 
Now remember, I got 15 brothers and sisters, so all of them had gotten baptized. I'm the baby. And here I was, finally, 13, I could be baptized. So that Sunday morning, that Sunday morning, the baptism, my mother talked to me. She wanted to make sure that I wasn't taking it lightly, but was entering into my decision with reverence and a sincere heart. See, my mother was my John the Baptist. She was making a way, clearing the way to make sure I could accept and fully live out the commitment that I was about to make. I assured her uh, I wasn't born of vipers. I understood my commitment and would do my best to live up to the decision that I had made. So she dressed me in white. She gave me a white towel for my hair and another white towel for drying off after my baptism. We packed up a change of clothes and we jumped in the station wagon and we were off to church. Woo, I was so excited. I could hardly stay in my little patent leather shoes because I was getting ready to be baptized. Now when it came time for baptism, now, y'all, I was in a little old country church, and uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. And that congregation, when they saw us and we dressed all in white and we go up to the baptismal, that congregation started singing. And now, I don't know, y'all may not know these songs, and I'm not going to try to sing them, but I'm going to just tell you some of the words. See, in that old church, we didn't have a musician. All we had were our feet on that old slat floor. And our hands are clapping. That's how we, we did it down home. And then they just slowed it down. The next thing I know, they were saying, take me to the water. Take me to the water to be baptized. None but the righteous, none but the righteous, none but the righteous shall see God. Oh, it was a slow, soulful song. It was much like a funeral dirge. And here we are, marching up there to Reverend Kay. And Reverend Samuel Clay was standing there, and he let us know we were dying to our old life and accepting a new life. We went down in that watery grave as sinners. Woo! But we came up sanctified, set apart for the work of the Lord. I'm telling you, what a time, what a time. And when the baptism was over, and we all came out, you know, they had us to go back and get dressed, and, the, and those who were baptized stayed in white, and we came back out. And then the music sped up. See, the song changed, and the choir started singing. See, they sang this little song, and they, they'd get it going like this. Oh, it was shouting music then. He says, I've already been to the water, and I've already been baptized. See, I've already been converted, and I feel, I feel, I feel all right. Woo, they would sing that sound. He says, ever since I've given up sin, hallelujah, been born again. Hallelujah, been born again. 
And then the leader would come right on in and says, well, I stepped in the water. Now, you know, in black church, they were stepping. We stepped in the water. The water was cold. It chilled my natural body, but it didn't touch my soul. Oh, and then they'd get started. And oh, what a shouting time we had. Said, because I feel, I feel, I feel all right. Woo, I feel all right today, y'all. I feel all right. Thank you, Jesus. See, for the first time, I finally could understand, to fully understand that song. And we praise God as a resurrected people. I will say we had some spirited baptism services. Oh, but none as dramatic and profound as Jesus' experience. But we all knew the hand of God was upon us. And he was preparing us for greater works. You see, in the Methodist, United Methodist tradition, baptism marks the beginning of our Christian discipleship journey. It is one of the two sacraments recognized and practiced in the United Methodist Church. See, Wesley wrote that God's gift of baptism is necessary for all who hear the good news and want to unite with Christ. Baptism is the door to the church and the door to the Christian life for infants all the way up to older adults. Whosoever will, let them come. See, in baptism, sins are rejected. Belief in God is expressed and promises are made to persevere in the Christian faith. See, the revelation of the triune God at the Jordan River assures us that God is present at every Christian baptism. Baptism in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the blessed Holy Spirit is a reminder that God is with us from the beginning to the end. God is with us throughout our Christian journey. And just as baptism signifies the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, baptism is the beginning of our Christian walk. It means by which all people, all ages, can experience the justifying grace of God and the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Salvation begins to take root and we are invited to keep growing and sanctifying grace until God's grace and our faithful response, we are made perfect in love in this life. You got to get it right down here. So don't worry about heaven if you can't get it right, right here. Heaven on earth. When we make this first step as sons and daughters of the highest God, our heavenly parent speaks, gives us a stamp of approval, and sets us apart for our work here on earth. God places God's mark on us and is well pleased. For those of you who came up here today for installation, who were brought into this church as leaders, Thank you. Thank you for answering God's call. 
thank you for being willing to serve this church and serve God in such a beautiful and faithful way. And some of you young people are getting ready to go through confirmation yourself. You're getting ready to start a faith journey where you can accept Jesus for yourself. Accept the faith that your parents have brought you into. That's a beautiful thing. And I will tell you all, God is well pleased. Amen? Amen. Amen.